Hello, and welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, we are going to talk about something very special. We're going to talk about the Hebrew roots of our faith and the Jewish holidays. In case you didn't know, Jesus was a Jew, and he was Jewish. And I've got a very special guest with us today. She and I have known each other for many years, and we love to talk about the Hebrew roots of our faith. I'm so excited to have on the program today, Dr. Patricia Cox. Welcome to the show, Patricia. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be talking about our Hebrew roots. Yes, and today is a very special day on God's calendar. Today is the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. That's right. Starts at sundown today and goes through sundown tomorrow. Yes. So first, before we get into the Jewish calendar and Hebrew roots, I first want to talk about and, and maybe have you share with us about how you became, as a Christian, how you became interested in the Hebrew roots of your faith, the Jewish uh, feast days, and its prophetic application in our everyday life. Well, okay, it's kind of a, a strange beginning. I grew up in a Baptist church, and besides Passover, I really never remember anyone talking about uh, any of the Hebrew feasts. Um, you know, you had Passover, you had Easter, and you had Christmas, and uh, the Easter and the Christmas were the only things, and those are not really Hebrew uh, holidays. But um, so I guess it really started, my interest started, God dropped those first nuggets when my family, the year that the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. opened up, um, we made a trip and wanted to be one of the first. Uh, during the first week, uh, we went there and um Going through the museum, even though we had studied a little bit about the Holocaust in school, but very, very little, um, you hadn't really talked about the religious aspect of it, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I left there very heavy, I don't want to say depressed, but very sad and very just, okay, now, God, what do I do with this information? I had known about it, but to see what really happened in some of the videos, if you've never been, that's a trip you must make. So I walked out of there, and we went to a bookstore, and I bought about four books, and I started then. And so it was a slow process. I had already been listening to Perry Stone for years, and he had touched on a little bit, but it really started making sense. And all the pieces of the puzzle probably over the next 10 years, started going into place, and I also had listened to John Hagee, and he he was very big on praying for Israel and doing things with Israel, so it just was a slow process, and and let me say this, and this is not a correction, but Jesus was Jewish, 
but Jesus today is still Jewish. That's right. Um, and I think that's really important because I think people talk about, well, Jesus was Jewish. And, you know, growing up, you heard that the Jews killed Jesus. Uh, and I heard it wasn't really negative, but I heard a few negative things like that growing up. Well, that is incorrect. Jesus was Jewish. The disciples were Jewish and they're Jewish today. And so when we start talking about these feasts and the Jewish beliefs, it plays into what we need to know um, so that we understand the future. And when you start studying, it makes the Old Testament and even a lot of the things that come in in the New Testament, it makes it make sense. Um, the wedding day, the feast of the wedding day, it will make a whole lot more sense if you understand from the perspective of a Jewish person. And so that's why I started studying to understand better. And I'm going to tell you, the Bible was totally opened up to me. And I read everything totally different and have a greater understanding. Right. That's been my experience, too. And, and just to give you a little background uh, on my experience, um, actually, the church that I was in, in the, as a teen in the late 80s, we um, we had some some people from Israel that came, and it was the it was one of uh, the, a celebration they had had, and we had a seder. So I had my first seder mm -hmm. for the Jewish uh, Passover, uh, you know, which Christians celebrate as Easter. Of course, a right. little different, um, but a lot of the Christian feast days mirror the Jewish feast days right. with a different emphasis. You know, we have Lent and we have. Um, we have Easter instead of Passover and things like that, but they they are sort of connected loosely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and and I do want to touch on on some of the, some of those topics like replacement theology. But first, I was going to uh, sort of share my overview experience. So that having that Seder dinner was one of my first uh, things. And then I remember that we went to a it was a Christian and Jewish celebration of the anniversary of like I believe it was their 25th anniversary of Israel. And I remember going to that in Birmingham, Alabama. And then through the years, of course, Perry Stone, Dr. Billy Brown, John Hagee, uh, Bill Cloud, uh, yeah. Jonathan Kahn. Um, so I guess I've grown up uh, through the years. It was not abnormal to go to a Seder or to a Rosh Hashanah or Passover service. Even though I was very much a Christian, I wasn't really in the Messianic church, but we would uh, you know, maybe once a year or once every other year go. And, and I understood that those were examples and that there was a, a type and shadow here for, for right. us to understand. And, and I actually I have a scripture. I just want to throw some scripture in here for someone that this may be completely new information for right. you. That um, in Leviticus, so let me back up and lay a little foundation. So God uh, calls Moses and he leads the Hebrew people out of captivity and bondage that, that they were in in Egypt. And he takes Moses um, with the people into the wilderness and he shows on, the, on Mount Sinai, Moses, um, he shows Moses the temple in heaven. And he basically tells Moses to come back and in tabernacle form to recreate this temple so that he can meet with his people. So God, Yahweh God can meet with the children of Israel and there's protocol, you know, everything is very, uh, it says uh, timed out and appointed. And we're going to talk about the word Moed 
in your mm-hmm. Bible. And so God gives him a lot of detailed instruction in the book of Leviticus. And in Leviticus 23, he also gives them feast days. And he mm-hmm. says that these are the appointed feast of the Lord, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. And that word feast, we think of a meal, and a lot of the feast days do include a Seder meal, but that word is a little misleading in the King James. In the Hebrew, that word is moed, M-O-E-D, and it means a divine appointment. I always like to, Dr. Brown says, it is a circle date on God's calendar for him to meet with us. And so that's a special day that God has set aside to meet with his people. And we know that there are seven feasts. There are three in the spring grouped around Passover. And we know that Jesus, as the sacrificial lamb, fulfilled, I believe, as a Christian, I believe he fulfilled those yes. feasts on, on the cross. Yes. And then there is, in the middle, sandwiched between the spring and fall feast, is Pentecost. I believe that was fulfilled with the birth of the church in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, we could even get technical and say it was fulfilled in the wilderness with with, uh, God's people there. But it had a a filled full fulfillment with the book of Acts. And then we have the fall feast, which are yet to be fully fulfilled. And one of the words for Moed, one translation also means a dress rehearsal. That's one of my Mm -hmm. favorite definitions. Mm -hmm. So I believe that there is so much symbolism in the fall feast of what is to come in the spiritual kingdom, in the spiritual realm. I believe that the Lord is returning, and I believe that the day of trumpets, the feast of trumpets, is a shadow, a foreshadow of what's to come. You want to jump in, Miss Pat? Well. I think you've covered it very, very well, and you are absolutely right. I think it is the foreshadowing of what is to come. Um, And I think even before that, if it's okay to go ahead and bring this up, I think it's important. I never heard this until I read a book by Perry Stone, and it's called The 40 Days of Tesheva. So this year, the Feast of Trumpets, or Rosh Hashanah, uh, is on September 18th, starting at um, sundown and through the 19th at sundown. But prior to that are 30 days, which I think are 30 of the most important days of the year, because it is a time to get yourself right with God and with the people that you have known all of your life so that you can go in to Rosh Hashanah and these three feasts. Um, blameless, you're, you're clean, you're pure, you've made things right with everyone in your life, you have repented, and you've turned so that you're facing God, and you have, you know, not that we like to say we're ashamed, but you can stand before God and know that you have no unforgiveness, uh, and I think that's so important because when I first started doing this, over the years, you don't realize you have, I don't remember ever thinking, hey, I hate that person or having things, but there were people that over the years, I think I have started this, I think this is my ninth year, and I should have gone back and checked that, but for 30 days, I pray, I seek God, and 
every year up until really last year, God has given me something to do, whether it is to go back to my youth and write someone a letter that maybe I have offended you or maybe there was some offense in my life to put things right, put things right with my parents, put things right with anyone in my family or anyone that I've come in place with so that my heart is pure by the time we get to Rosh Hashanah. So uh, I think those 30 days are so so important to prepare ourselves because God gives us a full 40 days to get right so that we can come before him and make declarations and come to him and ask things of him. But we have to have that repentant heart first. Right. Um, this is a this is a tradition where uh, we have gotten New Year's resolutions. You know, this is sort right. of a time. In right. fact, that word doesn't just mean to return. It actually means to return to the beginning, to return yes. uh, your heart to God, to come back to the foundation. Um, it means to really take a full turnaround and start over almost, you know. That's uh, right. Yeah, the the Hebrew mindset, the the Jewish mindset is very cyclical, and things move in seasons and cycles. You know, as as Greek thinkers, and and most of us in in the Western world are Greek thinkers, we think very linear. We sort of think of a, a big long, t- if, you know, our life is a long timeline, but the but the biblical thought is much more cyclical, and I believe you're yes. either spiraling up. Or you're spiraling down, but you seem things seem to come around in cycles and seasons, and so we have to sort of take on that mindset and realize that every year is a new beginning. That's right, and uh, yeah, and, and and it goes back to when you look at the whole forty days of Teshuvah. That forty is very important because the children of Israel they wandered in the wilderness for forty years, and why was that? To get themselves right, they had to get right with God before they could go into the promised land. And not only that, but Christ was in the wilderness for forty days. So it's right. very important that we have those. 40 days every year to prepare ourselves so that we're ready to commune, to talk with, to go before the Lord. And I think that's so important that we have that 40 days. Right. And just to, just to sort of bring some clarity, there's, there's actually 40 days of Teshuvah. The yes. first 30 yes. is sort of like a period of inventory in your life. Mm-hmm. And then we hit Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, which is sort of the final call to, to get your life right before the new year begins. And then we enter what's called the 10 days of all. And then we hit what is called the Day of Atonement. And this is the way I like to explain it. Um, we have multiple calendars. Uh, Dr. Patricia, you were in education for many years and you are very familiar with the school calendar. Mm-hmm. A school calendar, you know, starts usually in August and goes through May. We also have a financial calendar. We have the fiscal year, and the fiscal year starts in uh, typically October. Uh, you, you know, they close out the books, and then they start uh, with your corporation. You have to have a zero balance at the end of September, and in October 1, you begin with a brand-new set of books for that fiscal year. 
And then we have our normal civil calendar. Well, the Bible is the same way. And these feast days are like circle dates on the calendar, just like if you had a doctor's appointment and you circled that date on the calendar. And so God has this special time. Well, in the seasons of Teshuvah, that happens in the Jewish month of Elul. They have a calendar based on the moon, very similar to our calendar based on the sun. And in the month of Elul, it's, it's an acronym that basically means I am my beloved's and my beloved's mm-hmm. is mine. And yes. in, in Hebrew, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, it's Annie Lavodi Devotee Lee. And that's the acronym for Elul. That's how it, get, how it got its name. And what it means is that the king is in the field. And basically, that's when the king comes into the field yeah. to take inventory because the, the ones that he has given land to, because everything in the kingdom belongs to the king. But for those who have been good stewards and have been fruitful for the kingdom, then the king wants to bless those people. And, you know, right now you go into a department store or a Walmart or Target, and you might see the little DNI stickers and the little people in the vest taking inventory. That's what the days of Teshuvah are like. I believe that's a time of the year prophetically, not only to make things right, to forgive people, but to maybe give a special offering of your time yeah. or your finances or uh, and, and maybe you can share some stories where, where you've been able to do that and, and seeing God's direct blessing. And, and the way I understand it is God, the, the Bible references the book of remembrance. And I believe that when we do things for the kingdom of God, that it's recorded in that book of remembrance. And this is the season where God takes out your scroll, your book of remembrance. And he says, how can I bless you in this season? How can I bring you uh, increase for the kingdom, and he's taking inventory. And then on Rosh Hashanah, there's 100 trumpet blasts yeah. uh, that are basically saying, uh, you know, let's do it. And then we have the 10 days of all where God, the Jews say it, I believe, this way, that on Rosh Hashanah, it is written, and on Yom Kippur, it is sealed. So That's right. for the 10 days, God begins to write in your scroll. I love this. <laughs> and, then on, and then on uh, on Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, he rolls up your scroll, scroll and he takes the wax and he takes, I believe, his insignia ring and he seals your year. And uh, Jews will dip apples in honey. And they will say Shana Tova, which means may you your year be sealed with goodness. And so that is sort of I was just going to give a quick encapsulation of, of these months. And we know that in Colossians 2.16, that, that God says these are a shadow of things to come, these feast days. So they are definitely a shadow for us. And so maybe you could share some of some of your experiences of where you've maybe made a special offering or, or done a special act of service for the Lord in this season, and, and you saw uh, how that came to, to pass into fruition and God's blessing on it in your life. 
Well, I'll start off by saying this. During this 40 days, and especially those last 10 days, it is a time of repentance. It is a time to pray. Uh, You need to pray more frequently. You need to get along with God because not only are you talking to God and repenting, but God is also pouring into you the next steps of your life. It is a time of giving special offerings. I know we do our offerings every month and we do our tithes, but this is a time of making special offerings. And then once you've done those, it is a time to make your declarations for you and your family for the next coming year. And and I'll I'll just say this, that, that the Jewish people believe that during these 10 days, starting with Rosh Hashanah, that the gates of heaven are open uh, and God hears those penitent prayers of, of his people. And then he sets in place your next 12 months. And then when we get to Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, then they believe that the gates of heaven are closed. Now, that doesn't mean that God's not going to hear you any other time of the year. He is. He's going to hear right. you and answer your prayers. But the Jewish people believe that this is the time that God's setting in place your next year of your life, at least the outline of it. And during this time, he's giving you direction of what he wants you to take. And and it reminds me of going back to a list to Genesis 10, uh, where Jacob I was coming home, and he was on the the mountaintop. And if you'll remember, he had a dream, and he looked, or he was asleep, and he woke up, and he said that he was afraid, and he said, how awesome is this place? There is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And that's when he looked up, and he saw that um, spiral staircase going up and down, and angels were going up with the request of the people, and coming back down, the angels were with the answers for the people. And that's where it got the the name of the days of awe, because Jacob called this an awesome time, an awesome day. And I think that is so important to know there is reasoning. I think... um, I don't. I do have notes where, like I said, over all these last eight or nine years, God has given me something every year. I think more than anything, um, God has taken care of me and my family. We He has blessed us because each and every year we truly look at, okay, God, what have I done in this? Tom, you know, we should do this every day. But during this past year, what can you bring to my memory of things in the past? And and if you looked eight or nine years ago at my heart and at me, I am totally a different person because I don't have any negative feelings. I, I And every year I ask the same thing, God, show me if there's anything left that I need to forgive somebody or I need to go to them and ask for forgiveness. Um And it's not there. I have a peace in my life that I've never had before. And this time is my favorite time of the year because I feel that I get right with God more than any other time. Now, I'm not a big sinner, but we slip. We think bad things. We say things. You know, mine is more my tongue more than anything, making certain that I haven't hurt anybody with my tongue or I have declared things that with my tongue that I shouldn't, that goes against God's word. It's making things right, uh, making certain I pray enough, get before the Father. And I, that's, that's to me, it's just 
it's not an outward, oh, look, I received a million dollars. I've never received that. But it's an each and every day I trust God. And because I have tried, I haven't always succeeded as well as I need to, but because I try to walk in Christ, He has taken care of us one day at a time. That's right. I think there's just a special anointing in this season, and there's so yeah. much prophetic symbolism in these feast days. Now, that I also believe, uh, like many Christians, that these fall feasts are a shadow and a hint to the end times paradigm, yeah. you know, that, that Jesus is going to return. Um, and a lot of yes. people believe that he's going to return on the day of trumpets, That's which right. is Rosh Hashanah. So every year at Rosh Hashanah on the Feast of Trumpets, I kind of wonder every year, okay, Lord, is this going to be the year? Is this going to be the day? <laughs> That's exactly. Well, you know, and it says that the secret, we won't know. Well, right. I can tell you, I believe that I know exactly what day Christ will return. I just don't know the year. And I truly will be believe it will be on Rosh Hashanah. Um, I, I, lean, I definitely of, lean heavily that way, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I mean, we won't know until we're right. looking back, but it reminds me of the verse that it says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for right. the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. To me, that's when the trumpet sounds on Rosh Hashanah, and, it, right. and uh, I, I believe that most people that um, Messianic believe the same thing. Right. A lot of people do. And and I believe that, um, you know, let me just explain one of the things that happens in a Rosh Hashanah service is the the rabbi will will have uh, prayers and scriptures that he recites, and he will say to Kia, which means, you know, to blow the trumpet, and they'll have someone with a shofar, and he will do... um, short blast on the trumpet they have it's very uh planned out very liturgical and they will do this for 99 blast you know with scripture mm-hmm. reading or a prayer recited between each trumpet and then at the very end for the 100th blast he will say takia hagodalah which means in english the last trump and then the person who's blowing the trumpet will take a very deep breath and he will, you know, it's, you probably heard a Jewish shofar, which that's a ram's horn trumpet. And it'll, you know, be like, ba-da, it'll have a tune to it. And he'll hold it out until there's no more breath. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. um, it's called the last trump. And I believe that that is how good and long God's grace is that that's that 100th chance, you know, to get right, to turn around, to teshuva, to return Yes. Um, and so that's that's how gracious God is. He gives us so many chances. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a ticket to sin. But um, <laughs> yeah. don't you know, wait to hear that trumpet. No, no. <laughs> Have things ready beforehand. Right. But so for this program, you know, we want to keep the prophetic very practical. And so you may be asking, well, how I'm a Christian and how does this apply to my everyday life? Well, it's very simple. I believe if you desire to have a greater anointing on your new year, your new year on God's calendar, the Jewish new year, right. that uh, it's it's just a time to to ask the Lord to take inventory of your heart and to, to just simply uh, come before the Lord with a humble heart 
and just ask him how you can serve him better. Uh, To me, it's just so simple. And I believe God really does always want to bless you. And um, there's just a lot of prophetic symbolism as Christian believers, a prophetic symbolism that we can take from these feast days. Absolutely. Yes, I also want to talk real quick, too. We've talked about uh, the general overview of the feast, and we've talked about Elul, the month, which is the the days of Teshuvah, and the windows of heaven being open. But everything is closed out on the Day of Atonement, uh, which is also called Yom Kippur. I will say this as a Christian, it took me a while to understand all the feast because it can be a little confusing because most of the feast have a couple of different names to describe the same day or different aspects from the same day. And it, it, it is a little bit to sort through those things. But atonement, which is also a lot of times on your calendar, we'll say Yom Kippur, it was represented by when the high priest in the Old Testament would go into the temple and he would take the blood of the sacrifice lamb and he would sprinkle that on the mercy seat to make atonement for all of Israel. And of course, I as a Christian believe that Jesus became that sacrificial lamb. And the Bible talks about that the mercy seat is where, uh, where is the throne of God. And so the mercy seat also marks in, in the Bible the presence and the glory of God. And so I believe that when your year is sealed, that that is also representative of God placing uh, in greater measure his glory on your life for for yes. your new year. And so we want to continue to walk in a pure heart and we want to continue to walk in an attitude of worship to the Lord because we are carriers of his presence. I believe our heart is just like uh, that, that holy of holies, you know, where, where the Lord dwells. And so we have to be very mindful and very conscious of that we are living temples You know, we have an outer court, our flesh, an inner court, our soul, and a holy of holies, our spirit. And so it's such a wonderful thing to know that that we carry around within us the very presence of God. And I I treasure that, and I'm very protective of that. And I don't know, uh, Dr. Pat, if you want to comment on that. Well, I, I think you're absolutely right in everything that you say. You, you put it in such a perfect way. Um, but it is a time that because we have made ourselves right, we are able to stand before Christ. The the curtain has been torn. We yes. can enter into the Holy of Holies. Uh, we can make de- declarations prayers to our Father, and they will be heard. And that's more than anything that we want. We want God to hear our heart, hear our word, hear our declarations and answer. Now, a lot of people also, when you're looking to the future, also think that this will be the day that we will stand in heaven before Christ uh, at at the judgment seat or at the judgment, the throne room. Uh, so I think that's something, again, that that type and shadow for the future uh, that we look forward to, because that's the day that has not been fulfilled yet, uh, that and tabernacles. Right. And then we close out the fall feast with tabernacles, which is a celebration yes. that God tabernacles over us, representative of his anointing and glory 
uh, over our lives and his divine protection. And so that's a wonderful celebration feast. And so um, next week, I want to have you back and we're going to talk about the significance, the prophetic significance of the of the meaning of this new Jewish New Year. We're also going to sort of highlight the meaning uh, from the years before and what that can mean for for our future. And, you know, we, like Paul says, we look through a glass, a veil darkly. We don't have all the answers. We're not fortune tellers. But I do believe God can give us some insight and we can have, a, like Marcia says, a prayer directive and we can we cannot be uh, oh, we may not understand and see fully, but we won't be surprised by things that happen uh, even this pandemic, uh, we're going to touch on that and talk about the prophetic significance that was the Hebrew year we are closing out and how that, um, in hindsight, it makes perfect sense. And we that's can right. see it. We can see it very clear. And I know that's an area that uh, you and I love to discuss these things. And we love to talk about our Hebrew roots because there's just so much prophetic significance. And I believe it gives you another layer of understanding And you can walk into this chaotic world with confidence because we know who's in control. And when you when you draw close to the Lord, he begins to, in his word, reveal mysteries and you begin to understand things in a new light. Absolutely. I want to add one other thing if we have time, because I just read I just saw this on a YouTube. I've gotten to where uh, God has placed in my heart to look at. Jewish celebrations online. Um, and one of the ones I looked at was a wedding because we're prepared. We are the bride of Christ. And I was watching a little documentary on the meaning of the wedding. And the wedding day for the bride is her day of atonement, her day of Yom Kippur. It is a day that she is purified for her groom. And during that time, she walks up and she gets under a canopy and she circles uh, the groom seven times. And that is just so that she is purified and ready to take on to be the bride. And that would be like us being the bride of Christ in that we are ready, we are purified, uh, which I've never heard that before. And I just thought that is their day of atonement or that day of Yom Kippur for a bride. And that just, again, when you study these, these feasts, it makes you understand exactly what is going on because the Jewish uh, weddings I've seen before, I, I never understood any of that. But that is why. And then at the end, they always say something. They wish well wishes on someone. And they say, because uh, now we've gotten through these holidays, it says that may your name be inscribed in the book of life. And, and to say that to someone, we want everyone to go to heaven. But right. for me to say that to you, that I pray that your name will be inscribed in the book of life is what we want for everyone. So at the end, that's what we're hoping that everyone will come to know the Lord and be a part of his kingdom for for all eternity. That is so powerful. So good. I'm actually going to recommend a couple of uh, uh, books or DVDs. Uh, one is uh, The Divine Romance by Jean Edwards. Fantastic book. It's written like a, a, a story, and it talks about the significance of a Jewish wedding. It's a fantastic book, a very easy read. Gene Edwards has been around forever. He's a fantastic writer. 
Another book that I was going to recommend or a DVD series is Perry Stone has a YouTube video where he has gone through a Jewish wedding and laid out uh, the significant prophetic significance for Christians of all of the meanings that you just described. And I'll put a link in the description box for anyone who's interested, but those would be definitely two, two things I would definitely recommend people to look at. And there's many more. Uh, And Pat, uh, Dr. Patricia, I believe you and I have studied these things for many years, and I still feel like I'm a novice, that I'm still learning, but but I also know that this has definitely been something that has enriched my walk as a believer and definitely given me more insight and understanding to what God is doing on the earth in this hour— and I'm excited to be able to to have more insight in these things. And like I said, it just gives you more confidence as a believer that God is in control. Yeah. And nothing, God doesn't do anything that He doesn't reveal it to His prophets first. And so I appreciate you being on the show. I look forward to you being here next week. And we're going to talk about uh, the significance of this specific Jewish year and the things God has in store for us. It sounds great. May God bless you this day and this entire week, this time yes. of Teshuvah. Yes. Thank you so much, Shana Tova. May you, may you have a good sealed year before the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show. Okay. Thanks. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so next time I post, you will be informed. Thank you for listening. And also, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at bethwingate at aim.com. That's bethwingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E, at aim, A-I-M, dot com. bethwingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.